Welcome to While Doing Laundry, a podcast for parents with mountains of laundry and a heart for change. I'm your host, Emily Edwards, and I'll be your guide on this weekly ethical exploration of parenthood. I'm a nurse, a mom, and a fierce advocate for choice. When I became a parent, I quickly realized I had overestimated how much I knew about anything that actually mattered and underestimated the sheer volume of laundry I would have to deal with. So if you're anything like me, I'm ready to challenge those old beliefs, learn new ways to view the world, and finally feel like you're embracing the massive, messy transformation that is parenthood, don't go anywhere. Grab your laundry basket and some earbuds, and let's get started listening to this week's episode. Hello, Welcome to While Doing Laundry. I am super, super pumped to share with you that today I am interviewing my very first guest. And her name is Deja, and she is the wonderful creative behind the shine cloth. I will give you a little bit of a a rundown of who Deja is and how she came into my life and why on earth I'm interviewing her today as my very first interview on While Doing Laundry. It was, I don't even know how long ago that I found her business. I'm going to guess somewhere around the five-ish year mark. I believe it happened after Orion was born, but definitely before Pharaoh was born. So I used cloth diapers with Orion, and I think it probably is how her company came to me some way, shape, or form. But she is the creator of the original Black Lives Matter diaper. And if you have followed along any episodes uh, so far, you understand that a big piece of my life and the work I do is trying to understand what my role is as uh, an anti-racist activist, as a parent to Black children. And that journey, again, started a long time ago. It was over nine years ago that I was pregnant with Kian, and I had no clue what I was up against. And it was through Deja's platform, so not just her products, but her social media feed, her Instagram account, that really, her Facebook, that opened up my eyes to the fact that we can be celebrating Black excellence all different ways. And that social media has the power to really open people's eyes and start to share information that wasn't shared before. And the The powerful part for me was I was raised in a very white community. I had no exposure, I should say, to Black culture as a whole. Keep in mind, I'm Canadian as well, so there is a a bit of a difference there overall. But as it stands, like, we, my husband and I laugh now and say there's certain movies like I didn't even know existed as a teenager, let alone that they weren't part of my upbringing. And that's just a simple introduction. But it was through Deja's account that showed me accounts such as Black Moms Do Breastfeed or Black Moms Blog. And as I started to add those accounts to my feed, I started to realize how little I knew. How little I knew in terms of what my responsibilities were as a parent to these kids, what my responsibilities were for the world, and my role as a white mom in this existence. The other part that it really highlighted was how much, again, I didn't know, but because the the sources of information weren't diverse. And it really was that first taste of seeing things through a different lens. Because again, my partner, he has a different experience altogether. And he was a parent for the first time. So he has never parented children either. So we really needed to figure this out. And that's why I wanted to, to invite you, Deja, was because you really were that opening gateway for me to see that I really didn't have 
a very good diverse background and I was not equipped to raise the kids that I had in the way that I wanted to. And in addition to that, your Facebook community was such a welcoming space. It really was. And I think it really speaks to your skills as a leader, because as we know, tensions are high, especially right now, what happens in 2020. But I think the other piece is you've been doing this long before what happened in 2020. You have been fighting this fight and spreading the word for a long time. And now it seems trendy. But yeah. <laughs> the thing is, this is this, your diaper existed long before last year. And I just wanted to share like in a really genuine way that how much your presence and your bravery and putting your work out there has really helped me. So with that intro, I would love to know more about you. Please tell me and anyone listening you know who you are. As I said, I don't even know your last name. I just know you as Deja from the Shine Cloth and I still got you on here today to talk to you. <laughs> but I would love to know about you as a person and we'll get into more detailed questions as we go, but share with everybody who you are. Hi everyone, my name is Deja and my last name is Allison. I am a small business owner and a mom to one amazing 10-year-old boy. He will be 11 in April and that blows my mind, but he Easy. is a, he's a big boy. And I started my business as a person who, Black person who looked around the industry and was, huh, there's only one Black-owned cloth diaper business in existence. This was in 2010, early 2011. <clears throat> there was only one. And so I kind of was challenged. Once I started to sell cloth diapers, I was like, maybe I should get into this space. And then I decided once that I started sewing and selling, like I not only wanted to be in the space, but I wanted to be a leader in the space. Like I started in the beginning and it wasn't even about representing blackness, but because I don't even think that I was as conscious as I am now then, but it was more or less, we're not here and we should be here. And my life has been that kind of story. Activism has always been a part of my life. Uh, when I reflect back, I was raised as a pastor's daughter. My dad was an activist. I went on my first marches before I could probably tie my shoes. Activism has always been a part of my life, but as far as now, it, it most definitely informs my life. And yeah, so that's who I am. I live in Los Angeles, California. I was born and raised in California and have always been here. Might leave soon, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I'm a Cali girl, born and raised. A mother, a sister, a best friend, awesome. a cousin, all of those things. That's <laughs> but phenomenal. yeah, I just... Yeah, I just truly would describe myself as a person with passions. And my passions are informed by who I am. I'm a Black woman. I'm a Black mother to a Black son. I am a creative in a white-dominated creative space. I am a Black woman in an industry that's dominated by white faces. So that, in a nutshell, is who I am. And so I most definitely am enjoying the journey, despite its highs and its lows. That that sounds like it really, that's literally the, the synopsis of all of those roles. However it's going to go, we just have to, to figure it out. Right. And I think um, 
these conversations are so incredibly important. And like I said, I have really learned more from, especially in the entrepreneurial space, understanding how much this matters, that we have these conversations and that we highlight the fact that yes, there is an entire industry that is led by a whole group of people that aren't even aware of the needs of some of the the communities that need their products and the idea of sustainability and the stewardship to our planet and all of those things that's not even where we're headed today but i think that is a whole other pillar of importance and within i don't know if you consider yourself in the fashion industry or like where exactly which industry you fall in but regardless it's something that we um, cloth brain is movement it's important it but more importantly, I think a piece that I've also learned by following you is the ability to learn the skills and be given the opportunity to do something that's going to benefit your family for the long haul and educating families based on their needs right. in the sense of you don't have to just go the route of disposables because that's what everybody else did or it's hard or there's all of these other barriers to accessing a reasonable choice. <clears throat> and so one of the core values of my business is reducing barriers. And I think that's something you do really well, again, between the education you offer, the community support, and you just make it, people can give it a try. As an aside, I do own some of your diapers. If you have not, <laughs> we're out of cloth. I gave up for other reasons, but the quality you can't compare. Like it's, they're my favorite. I loved how they fit. So I loved how they laugh, like they're great. And not to mention, now we're moving into the fact that you're using your platform, your creative space to be a, a disruptor, to be someone who is creating messaging that gets people talking. And especially within this parent space that we often hear that we're not here to be political. If I see that one more time in a mom's group, right. I don't wanna hear this <laughs> talked about because we're not political. Like it drives me insane. And again, that's not what you're about. This is about creating conversation about the tough parts of things and being, again, celebrating black excellence, I think is something again, that you do so well. And that was the part of this whole month of my podcast interviews is picking people who've been in my life who do something so incredibly cool. And I don't want to focus on all of the, I don't, the challenges aren't the right word because we do have to have the conversations about healthcare and disparities and all of that. Right. But I, I think we can really do that by mixing in these conversations about people who are doing that work and spreading the message. The one personal story of your group was my journey with understanding my kids' hair. And it actually helped me understand my hair better because again, on the surface, everybody <laughs> thinks, wow, oh, you have these cute little kids. Right? which again, we're <laughs> learning lots about that. <laughs> and I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't know who to ask, uh, felt very daunting, but it also felt very daunting to ask for help because being respectful of where my learning ends, my knowledge ends, but also wanting to really teach my kids that their hair is not a problem. Their hair is not right. a challenge. It might be for, I have a learning curve myself, but it is not them. And the resources and the kind words and the help, again, from the people in your community led me to the right places. And then it's an ongoing challenge. I have rheumatoid arthritis, so things have really changed in terms of that. And my husband does most of it now, but 
the idea is we need a space to ask these questions and a space that we can feel um, welcome and welcome to learn and welcome to be that parent in the room that literally can say, I don't know anything or I know very little. I know some, but not, not much. And I <laughs> to, to learn humbly. And as we right. know, it, the internet space is not always, it's not easy to navigate. And I think that is the part where following you for so long and getting to know you and get at a distance, at a social distance. I, I just love what you're doing. And like I said, I have people who come to me now and say, how did you do it in terms of diversifying a feed or getting connected to so many different people? And I said, it started with just putting more things in my world that I wanted to see more of. And diapers like yours that had messages that were going to start questions. And my next question for you is, I'm just going to pull it up here to make sure I word it the, the right way. So I know that we talk what inspired you to create the diapers and out of need and out of wanting to, to be a major player in that space. But what kind of led you to the, the activism piece within your diapers or using your products as a kind of a political um, statement? At what point did that come about? It's really an interesting story because when <clears throat> Trayvon Martin was murdered and the George Zimmerman, not to mention him in this space, but case went on. I was completely ignorant. I didn't know that there was even a case going on. I didn't know that. I knew what happened to Trayvon Martin. I was upset about it. And so a lot of the times my personality in the past has been to compartmentalize and continue with what I was doing and at the time I was in a space personally where I was doing a lot like going to school sewing being a single mom and so it was a space where I was completely ignorant to what was going on until the judgment came through and I actually was at a family function and the judgment came through while we were all together and when the judgment came through I was like trying to catch up what is this who is this person asking questions and then the announcement was made and a family member of mine started to cry and I was taken aback because I was just like what is what is impacting her in the way that she's moved to tears and that kind of sparked my complete consciousness and like diving into the space of what happened why it was injustice, what actually took place. Because if you follow along, and I'm not really a news watcher or a newspaper reader, I try to like really hone in on my publications and only read from <laughs> certain sources. But if you take yourself away from that space, you can be in complete ignorance. And okay. yeah, and so I had to remove some layers and say, what is really going on? Of course, knew what racism was. Of course, I knew what police brutality was. I knew all of those things. But it's like, what moved this person to these emotions? So once I started to dive deep into what actually happened in that case, it shook me. 
And it shook me in a way that I was like frantic and in a panic state. Like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And so at that time I was working with Black Women Do Cloth Diaper and I was like, I don't know what to do. The Black Lives Matter movement had just popped up and we, me and the owner had a conversation. She was just like, you should just put Black Lives Matter on a diaper. And I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with it. And I was like, this is going to be an issue. It's going to be a problem. This is going to cause waves. And I knew that it was going to cause waves the second that I stitched it on the diaper. I remember having a conversation with myself when I was like sewing the first diaper that was made and was like, please prepare yourself. And I had a conversation with my mom. Should I do this? This is going to change everything for me as a business owner, as a creative. This is going to change things. And she was like, "Ah, do what you feel do what you feel. And so I went ahead and I did it. I took a picture in my hallway with Jalen with the diaper on. He still was three, so he could fit most diapers. So he was like my unofficial diaper model, even though he was potty trained. And he was just like, mom, like seriously, put the diaper on him. I took the picture. I took the diaper off of him. I put it in a mailer, took it to the mailbox and mailed it out. It was like the first diaper. I sent it to somebody who could put it on their child. And I believe that diaper was passed on to put on somebody else's child. And it just became the disruptor in the community. I was kicked out of groups left and right. That is some that I had even been a starting member of. And once it disrupted and started all these conversations, I was like, okay, I'm changing directions. This is needed. This conversation can't stop here at One Design. Why is it that we can create Star Wars diapers and Doctor Who diapers and we can put football teams and basketball teams on diapers? I, I was called a race baiter. I was called a drama agitator. It was a bunch of different terms that were used. People would share their creations in groups and I would share mine and they're like, oh, they don't belong here. And so I really took it upon myself to not only completely change my products, but to completely change the way that my feed looked. And I rarely share any other photos of anybody but Black people. And I do that because I feel like there are so many sources that share everyone else that there's nothing wrong with me using my space to uphold, center, and celebrate Blackness. I love people, but elevating my people, I feel like is something that needs to continue to happen. And by doing so, it, it encourages other people to Think twice. Oh, yeah, this is a cute baby. Nice. This is a cute little boy. Yes. This is a stylish teenager. Uh huh. So, when does it change into a menacing adult? Like, where does the separation happen? And so, that is the basis for which I create a lot of the things that come out from Shine. And some of it is fun. Like I like to create things that people love, but that side, that was basically the story on how it happened and it hasn't stopped since. So <laughs> that's what I happened. love it. I love it. And I think that the fact that you persevered through all of that pushback, again, is exactly what it's about. You recognize that this pushback is coming because it's so needed. and. Again, as a, a mom of 
black kids. I have three little boys who, you know, the idea, I didn't appreciate what representation meant on a big, big scale either. I always saw myself as someone who was inclusive and I was definitely raised in the, the rhetoric of we don't see color. And that changed again, as soon as I, I met my husband and I learned his lived experience, I realized very quickly that is not the case. But at the same time now with my kids, I see how much they light up when they see representations of themselves in the world. The new Aladdin, for instance, like they love the genie. They love the genie because <laughs> they look like them. There is an element of, I don't know if your son watches Investigators on Netflix, but there's <laughs> one character, his name is Kyle, and he does resemble my oldest very, uh, like a lot. And he loves Kyle. Like he thinks this is so cool, mom. And the fact is we need that for like, just across the board more people need it needs to be normalized that again you aren't some sort of crazy revolutionary by posting your diaper creation and in, in a group like that needs to be that's not cool that there is a piece that creates um, chaos in in groups and will the fact is those are groups that are majority majority white moms that go nuts and Again, sitting here as a white mother in those groups, it's, it's really disturbing. And I think the disturbing piece is I can appreciate where their limitations are coming from. I can appreciate some spaces of that level of ignorance. But at the same time, I understand that you don't have to conform to that way. And there are ways that you can broaden your mind, even if you aren't raising children who are a different race than you. If right. you have white kids at home, you need to do more, right? Like you need to get yourself to a place where this isn't causing you discomfort in the sense of you, you constantly want to grow, but you don't want to be triggered by a diaper. And if you right. are, that is a big problem. Mm -hmm. And the thing too, I, your perseverance and watching that really helped me do was stand up and speak out uh, against things that I saw. And being Canadian, um, our relationship with racism is much more closeted than it is in the US. It's bad, it's here. Police brutality is bad. My husband lost his best friend at the hands of Toronto police. It happens and it happens mm -hmm. a lot. And the fact is we don't, think it does or we like to pretend that it does it here right. we can look at our, our neighbors to the south and think oh what a dumpster fire they have but it is here too and right. speaking out in that again in a business taking my entrepreneurial space and using that there's been so much pushback there's been threats against me and my family and my business and I keep I giggle now not when it first happened it was terrifying <laughs> and it was overwhelming right. I still, I saved all of the like wretched messages I got from like the, the, the men, the white men that had problems with what yeah. I said, but it came to sh show me again, how important it is that you align yourself with other businesses, other business owners, other people who are willing to disrupt the space and willing to stand their ground and weather a storm and understand that there are people who will leave you high and dry and have no interest in doing this. But at the same time, there is still purpose in this and there's a need for it. And as 
2020 evolved going into 2020 i thought i i knew some things i had been doing this for a little bit (laughs) i had a few kids and i all of and it was yet again a reminder that it's never done small changes and i i don't know if this came through you or through someone else learning about digital blackface for instance that was a big thing for me and i haven't talked about it actually publicly or shared on my feed but it was something that never crossed my mind I never right. once thought that using GIFs or GIFs, whatever pronunciation we want, was me using someone in a way that wasn't appropriate. And so learning that and hearing conversations from pe- other people led me to say, okay, that's not something I need to do anymore because I have other ways mm-hmm. to do it. Don't get me wrong. We, there's a piece of the consuming culture and shows we watch or the movies and the music and there's pieces there that i'm like oh but this one would really express but because i know the context of the show or i know the context of this or that but at the same time i think and i know this and this is for my family this is not for the the greater space or if i send my husband something it's a joke between us it's not something that i'm using to express my emotions and that was like a big eye-opener for me Mm because again little things matter and we present ourselves to other people is going to influence how they they interact with the world and my my last question for you is i'm going to just double check that i haven't missed any of my other good ones because this has been awesome okay (laughs) and i think we really did touch on okay i'm going to ask you an on-the-spot question and feel like free to to riff on it however you want but if, given the fact that you have learned so many lessons through this journey as a mom as an activist as a creative as a business owner what would your advice be to people who are looking to do the work the people who have realized that in this past year they know a lot less than they thought they did i'm not asking for a list of resources or you know where where to start but you as a human being what is there something that we could take and make a ground shifting change in our mindsets in the way we again interact on social what do you think is something that we could really take away from this conversation beyond all of your obvious drive and passion for this what's the next step i think the biggest thing that i can say is the work looks different for everyone i think one of the most daunting things about activism is feeling torn and feeling like you want to do everything and support everyone and like uplift every cause and donate to every organization And I would just say the work doesn't look the same for everyone. So if you want to start to, one, educate yourself, the most used thing in the world probably is Google. It is an amazing (laughs) place to start. And you can Google something as simple as how do I start to be an activist? And just like truly dive into the learning because I feel like as a society, if we want a Starbucks cup that is going to go out of style or that's sold out everywhere, we're going to search and search until we find that cup. And I feel like activism is just like that. Find where your lane is. So for me, personally cloth diapers 
are my lane, yes. But in this past year, I've said to myself, cloth diapers also feed into consumerism and I am a company. So how else can I use my platform to uplift my community and secure the future really is my, was my focus. And I was like, the black maternity mortality rate is horrible. It's absolutely heartbreaking. I think that one of the things on top of Breonna Taylor's murder and George Floyd's murder, one of the things that were a underlying but very important tragedy that we need to focus on that happened was the death of a lot of Black mothers. And so I said, in order for me to secure the future, I want to work with Black birth workers because they literally are bringing the future into existence. And so once I decided that, I just started to follow a bunch of Black birth workers. And I just started to share them and read their statuses and see what they were doing and see how they were working in their communities. And then I came up with a plan on how I'm going to uplift them this year and beyond. So I think just sitting down and reflecting on what's in your heart and what you, and it can be something as simple as I absolutely love children's clothing. Okay, cool. You can be an activist and love children's clothing by simply going and finding all of the Black-owned children's clothing companies, creating a database, putting it on your blog, referencing it all the time, and donating to these Black business owners how you can. And I think that's the big thing. There is a lane for everyone. You can do the work, whether big or small, in your own way and truly educate those around you. They're not going to want to hear it. No, but <laughs> they're, <know> it. <laughs> they're not going to want to hear it. And and it, and that's across every community. It doesn't it's just not with the white community, but in every community there can be some resistance. There might say you a little too people have said that to me before. <laughs> but just share the information. All you can do is share what you know and hope for the best for the future. So yeah, that's what I would advise people. What's next is truly taking up space, finding a lane and elevating and supporting, especially financially, those Black voices and lives that need your help. And even if you don't feel they need your help, even still elevating them makes a huge change. Because if we were to count the number of Black families that in the projected future will have a net worth of negative $250,000 in the next 10 to 15 years, that's the projection, there's work to be done. That disparity shouldn't exist. And that would be my advice. That's the advice that I'm taking. I always am trying to learn. I always try to read. I'm, I spend way too much time online, but that's just because I'm always trying to soak up what I can do how I can do it, how I can allocate what I'm earning and or things that are gifted to me. Because a lot of the times people send me donations and I find people to give them to. So just truly pausing and reflecting and taking time to do the work. And yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I can say. What you just said, like I could not have set it up any better. I swear to everyone listening, I did not send her that question before. Um, but I wanted to let you know what actually is happening with the podcast all of this month is I am doing um, reverse sponsorships on the podcast. So instead of charging someone for a kind of sponsorship space or an ad on the podcast, I am purchasing 
a product from each person or each person's business that I'm interviewing. So nice. you, there's going to be a diaper. I own some, but I'm going to buy a brand new diaper from you that will be given right. to someone. Like I, again, as I'm recording this, I haven't decided exactly if it's a giveaway or if it's just going to be like an in need situation. But I have learned this year that you do need to put your money where your mouth is. And the fact that you took this time to come and speak to me today, instead of cutting PUL or putting snaps <laughs> on something, I, I do recognize that your time is so valuable. And sometimes we can't always pay someone a speaker fee or buy an elaborate thank you gift. But what we can do is learn about someone's business and buy something and give it to someone else who might benefit from it. So right. that for this episode, it will be one of your diapers. And oh, again, <laughs> I will, the, all of the details about how that'll go out or get to someone will follow. But I, this is my challenge to other podcasters out there, other business owners is again, get connected to some really cool makers, be it diapers, baby clothes, art, photography, and start buying their stuff because right. celebrate black excellence in our, our feeds, but we should be celebrated in our homes as well and having right. it for everyone to enjoy. And it's so it was an absolute honor to have you here today, Deja. I'm so happy that you were my first interview because really you were a catalyst for so much growth of, for myself. And as an aside, I was pregnant during the Trayvon Martin situation and everything that went down. So I was carrying that my first child at that point and similar experience that it was on the fringe of my life. A lot of other things were happening, but you felt that it moved and there was a massive shift after. So I just wanted to say right. thank you. Thank you so much for coming and being here. And I wish you all of the best. And I can't wait to see what else you are up to in 2021. So I just want to thank you for having me. Anytime that we can pause and talk about what we can do, what we're doing and our experiences and truly just like, I, I did not set this up, but truly shine a light on what um, we can do to secure the future of this country and this world is time well spent. And I applaud you for continuing to use your platform to uplift and elevate the voices that most of the time are left in the margins and erased on the sidelines because the work is needed and I'm so happy to have been in this space with you and yeah thank you so much Deja and I will make sure I link to all of your things in the show notes so everybody knows where to find you Thank you again. Since recording this episode with Deja, I have actually found my original shine cloth diapers that we were talking about. I would love to start them in motion again. My kids are out of cloth, but these powerful pieces of really culture and they are beautiful quality and Deja's work is just, it needs to be out there and needs to be in more hands. So if you are listening to this episode and you're thinking, I would love 
nothing more than a chance to have one of these diapers on my baby's bum to spread the, the word and keep her mission going, please reach out. You can send me an email at emily at thegoodbirthco.com. Uh, you can also find links to my social in the show notes. Whatever way you need to reach out, get a hold of me because I will pop them in the mail and let us get these diapers traveling again. Thanks for listening to Wild Doing Laundry. I hope you're feeling enlightened and your own pile of clothing is a little bit smaller. If you love what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you hit subscribe and left a quick rating and review so more people just like you can explore parenthood while doing laundry.